more weeping mothers as their child's body lying the streets. No more hate from those whose tailor suits still resemble hooded white sheets if God is willing and the creek don't rise. No more closing schools in all black neighborhoods meant to teach. No more lying about the numbers they said they couldn't reach if God is willing and the creek don't rise. No more nightmares of breaching levees, black waters that did come murder and drown. No more silence, tea parties, racial division, poverty. Yes, we can. The pavements we will pound if God is willing and the creek don't rise. No more leaving poor folks to die because they cannot afford medical care. No more singing, we shall overcome, because we're already there. No more political pushers who use our time to sell their lives. No more sacrificing the American people, leaving us with nothing but size. No more total audacity. Explosive fire is gone. Bodies are nine plus two. No more corporate all wanting their lives back. Indictment of criminal charges. The whole damn crew. No more use of our Gulf Coast waters, wetlands, heritage, and soil. No more up yours, Louisiana. But we all know there's blood in that BPR. If God is willing and a creek don't rise. If God is willing and the creek don't rise. We are having our Hurricane Katrina report back and update, uh, something we've been doing for the past 17 years. Isn't that amazing? It's been 17 years since the first um, great flood in 2005, and uh, August 29th is the 17th anniversary, and today is August 26th. 2022, and you have joined me on Wanda's Picks, a Black Arts and Culture Program for African Sisters Media Network, and we are going to be speaking to Malik Rahim, who is uh, an American housing and prison activist based since the late 1990s in New Orleans area of Louisiana and the West Bank, where he grew up, and in 2005, uh, Malik Rahim gained national publicity as a community organizer in New Orleans in 2005 to combat the widespread destruction in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. And there he co-founded Common Ground Collective. And Malik is joining us right now and right on time. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good morning. Assalamu alaikum. How are you, Baba Rahim? I'm I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yeah, I was I was reading your bio and I can continue. <laughs> uh you are a veteran and former Black Panther uh in New Orleans. In 1970, you moved out to California working on issues of affordable housing in San Francisco. And after returning to New Orleans, you founded the Algiers Development Center and Investment and Invest Transitional Housing, which helped house more than 1,000 ex-offenders after prison. You also were a founding member of uh, Pilgrimage for Life, advocating an end to the death penalty in the state. Uh, you ran for the New Orleans City Council in 2002, representing the Green Party, um, but unfortunately you didn't become the governor of Louisiana. Um, in 2008, 
you're one of four candidates to run for Louisiana's second congressional district seat of the U.S. House of Representatives, and you were a Green Party candidate. Um, Republican candidate Joseph Kale won that election. Um, I'm just reading from Wikipedia, which is really, really nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you are a veteran of the Vietnam War, and um, you attended Landry High School, and uh, and you grew up in Algiers, Louisiana, south of the Mississippi River, across from Louisiana, New Orleans. And you still live in um, Algiers, is that correct? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I think about Algiers, I think about Africa. When I think about New Orleans, I think about Africa. I think about New Orleans as it's its own country, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, that's yeah. how the West, That's how uh, we got our name. Uh, a French mm. dignitary came to New Orleans and was over in Algiers and said that it reminded him of uh, Algiers and Africa. And that's how uh, we got the name Algiers. Before then, mm-hmm. uh, uh, our area was just called Slaughterhouse Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people call you a living legend, and I concur. I was thinking about, you know, the incident um, uh, in New Orleans and in the founding of the Black Panther Party there, um, and how in May 1970, after completing your service, um, you know, in the uh, U.S. Army, you returned to New Orleans, and uh, and along with other comrades, um, you um, were organizing a chapter of the Black Panther Party in Louisiana. And it says here that you first set up uh, the National Committee to Combat Fascism, which yeah. developed as the state chapter of the Black Panthers. And uh, and you all made your base at a house on St. Thomas Street, and uh, yeah. and you you know you did a lot of things. You could talk about that, and um, which is a continuation. Like you've never stopped being a Black Panther. <laughs> you never stop. You know the ten point program. I mean you. I mean you set up uh, under you know as co-founder of Common Ground. You set up a, a clinic there, and it's still yeah. running. You know the Common Ground. Um, you know. Community Clinic is still going strong 17 years later, right? Oh, yes. Uh, you know, uh, when I got involved, I didn't get involved for, uh, you know, uh, a minute or mm-hmm. a year. I didn't make a year. I made a lifelong commitment to the struggle of uh, for peace and justice. And then as our plight worsened, you know, I recommitted myself uh, not only to peace and justice, but to environmental peace and justice. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that right now we're going to leave a legacy to our children that's going to question us. And they're going to confound them. You know, why did we allow this planet that they had to inherit to be in the, in the, in the kind of in, in, 
as toxic as we gonna leave it. Cause, you know, I mean, absence of any war. Because right now, as we speak, the war in the Ukraine, uh, Russia and the Ukrainians is fighting right outside of the largest nuclear power uh, plant in Europe. You know, I mean, any moment we may hear that uh, that a catastrophe has happened, that somebody done bombed that plant, um, that plant, and what's going to be the outcome? You know, so again, and that's just one of the many conditions, you know, I mean, you know, we're, you know, our children going to definitely uh, question us, you know, I mean, uh, why, it's why that we care more for sports, and I'm talking about football, or it could be basketball, why do we care so much for sports? than saving our planet? Why did we care so much for a concert than working for uh, environmental justice? Why did we care so much for a a TV show? You know, a movie than saving our wetlands. You know, so again, you know, I, I pray that 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 the that the worst scenario don't happen. Mm-hmm. But if it do, I want my grandchildren and my great grandchildren to know that even even though I couldn't change the conditions, mm-hmm. that I stood up against them, and that's uh, something that not only the party but my community where I'm from, have always, uh, you know, stood fast at standing up for justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember um, uh, I remember when um, I came down to visit you, um, when they were allowing people to come in to New Orleans, you know, after, you know, the Great Flood, and, um, and just being really impressed with the uh holistic nature of 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 a you know common ground you know relief that organization that you co-founded and uh you know insofar as you know looking at you know safety looking at uh, you know access to technology so people could be in touch you know with the larger community and also you know the people in the country that might have been worried about them um, you know, having special housing for women with children. Um, and then, and then you know, after, you know, sort of looking and, you know, of course, feeding people and, and then the rebuilding for people that had homes that had been destroyed and then also developing um, entrepreneurial and job training for some of the youth so that they could help in the rebuilding. And then, you know, looking at, you know, sort of how the flood, you know, was affecting, you know, the environment and looking at cleanup and looking at, you know, replenishing the wetland with, with plants and things like that. Um, 
I mean, you know, just like, I mean, just sort of like just the thinking around restoration was pretty comprehensive. So when you talk about those days, you know, those moments, and also, you know, sort of being in touch with, with veterans, you know, who came in and continue to help um, in New Orleans whenever you call. And, I, you know, so one of you could talk, because last year was another big storm. And oh, that yes, was really that was why I wanted to talk to you, too, because people, you know, trees had fallen, people were flooded out of their homes, and there was no electricity and no clean water, and it was so hot. Oh, and Wanda, first of all, uh, through our efforts at Common Ground, mm-hmm. we served over half a million in the four years that I was uh, with Common Ground before I was uh, kicked out of Common Ground. During that four years, we served over half a million people, providing mm-hmm. a multitude of service. We opened up a, a legal clinic. We opened up mm-hmm. the first health clinic outside of the government in this uh, in New Orleans. And, and our clinic, unlike other clinics, you know, was free clinics. You know, you didn't have to come in there with no Medicare, no uh, Medicaid, or no health insurance. You know, if you if you needed help, you just could come in. And then it was a global clinic. You know, because we had uh, uh, residents, uh, doctors from uh, Doctors Without Borders. Uh, we had the French group Secure Populaire that opened and helped us operate a, a pharmacy. And, uh, we did almost a half a million uh, plantings uh, of indigenous plants back into our wetlands. We did the first uh, bioremediation work as for cleaning up the toxic soil because everybody remember that New Orleans was flooded. But what most people forgot is that water turned toxic. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we did with that toxic water in our haste to, to, get, to relieve it out of New Orleans, we just pumped it into uh, the most fragile environment that we have. And that's our uh, wetlands, our lakes, and our springs in the Gulf of Mexico. You know, so again, these are the things that we stood for and we have fought against. Uh, our health clinic in the first year uh, that it was open, and again, as a free health clinic, we served almost thirty thousand people. You know, with all with with I mean, with everything from uh, minor cuts to uh, uh, diabetes. Uh, uh, an individual that fell into a diabetic coma. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, our health clinic served a purpose. Our uh, 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 repair, we got it out over a thousand houses. You know, we uh, mm-hmm. we roofed probably, I mean, put tops on. Uh, probably equal number of, of roofs 
on housing and faith-based uh, institutions. You know, we uh, uh, again our legal clinic was the when the incident happened in Jenna. You remember? You recall the Jenna uh, six? Oh yeah, yes. All right. Yes. So the first the first legal uh, assistance they received was from our uh, uh, legal clinic, and hmm. all these things that we was that we did. I, I cannot take no credit for it because the Most High had blessed me to be a member of the Black Panther Party under the teaching of the Honorable and the late Honorable uh, Huey P. Newton that uh, mm-hmm. that I learned that we can do these things. You know, I mean, it, but it wasn't the first health clinic I had opened. The first health clinic I opened was uh, with the assistance of Sister... Uh, uh, praying, uh, when we was working uh, for the abolishment of the death penalty, you think we opened up the first health clinic in the uh, in the Fisher Housing Project? But these are the teachings that came from uh, when when I realized after the hurricane of uh, the need that we had. The only thing I had to resort to is the lessons I had learned in the party, and for this. We was able to save uh, this area. I, I can't go on without first uh, telling you that the role that Michael Moore, is, uh, you know, he's uh, a person because it wouldn't have been a common ground if it wouldn't have been for Michael Moore. There's nowhere in the world we would have been able to do not even half of the work that we did if it wasn't for his assistance. You know. Uh, you know, uh, Sean Penn, uh, Brad Pitt, you know, uh, Bruce Springsteen, uh, David Chappelle. You know, I mean, these and I, I know I'm leaving some out, but I, but these individuals came in and 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 the work that was uh and the assistance of the uh, of organization that that existed in California that no longer uh, exists, and I don't know why we throw that baby out with the bathwater, and that is mm-hmm. the Vanguard Foundation. Oh, yes, yes. You know, I mean, they played a role in, in making sure that uh, that assistance was given to make sure that, that we received this, the aid that we needed in order to provide the service that we uh, carried out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How many volunteers um, came through Common Ground while you were um, still active at the, or in the organization? A little over 21,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and over 19,000 was white volunteers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And came down and uh, and work under uh, the direction of an African American man that this city and this state had classified as a racist. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, New Orleans was on the verge of a race war after Katrina. 
uh, the city of Gretna had quarantined African-Americans in Algiers and wouldn't accept uh, no African-Americans fleeing uh, the aftermath of Katrina from on the East Bank. But it was the volunteers at Common Ground, those early volunteers. And I cannot tell you about uh, the work that at the students from Oberlin College in Ohio, the, the sacrifices that they made coming down here and in and, uh, and, and, and the service that they provided because nowhere in the world New Orleans would have recovered and as quickly as it did if it wouldn't have been for the work of those students. And none of them would receive in this uh, in any type of... Uh, Recognition for the sacrifice that that they have made. Because uh, even right now, uh, I'm on your show mm-hmm. in California, but I I, <laughs> I have never been asked uh, to be on, uh, on on a on a talk show here in New Orleans outside of WBOK at one time. The, about the work that we have done, about the because it, it has never been done in Louisiana history. It has never been with nineteen thousand uh, Caucasians come down and live in African American communities and and do the work that they did, and it bridged the gap. You know, it, it allowed African Americans here to know that. All uh, white people are not evil, and it learned, mm-hmm. and it was able that whites was able to learn that all of us wasn't losers. You know, so it bridged that gap when we was coming against uh, white vigilantes. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you know the condition, and and one of the reason why it's so important that people know this. Is to prevent it from ever happening again. Mm-hmm. Because the only way that we're going to save life as we know it, that's if we put together, put aside all our petty differences and start working together. How can we? Because there's nothing more important right now. I don't care. Uh, would anybody tell me about abortion? Or would anybody tell me about uh, the race conditions? Or would anybody tell me about prison or the economics that's going There's nothing more important right now on this planet than saving life as we know it. And that's what's at risk. I mean, we are leaving a legacy of, of destruction to our children. What they gonna do with all the weapons of mass destruction that we have right now that will be antiquated in fifty years? What we gonna do with them? What we gonna do with all the <clears throat> the nuclear waste? You know, we can't put it all on the Navajo Nation. We cannot bury mm-hmm. it there. So what we gonna do with it? What we gonna do with all the listen, after Idaho? After Hurricane Ida, last year, the hurricane that you were talking about, 
mm-hmm. for almost a week or a little over a week, we pumped raw sewage into the Mississippi River. And nobody cared. Nobody cared. I mean, it's for over a week, just raw sewage, just pump it out. You know, uh, we have something like about uh, over 25,000 abandoned oil rigs in the Gulf. And I'm not talking about rigs that are being used. I'm talking about abandoned oil rigs. Hmm. Nobody knows how many of them is leaking. We have the longest continuous oil spill in the world in the Gulf, and that's the Taylor oil spill. It's been going on since 2004, and the only thing we have been able to do is contain it when the weather allows us to contain it. But when there's a, a, a storm out there, not just no hurricane, just a storm out there in the Gulf or a depression where we cannot contain it, it is still leaking. Hmm. You know, nobody know how many of these other abandoned uh, rigs are leaking. Oh, what's going to happen? In the year before, two years ago, Lake Charles uh, was hit with two Category 4 and 5 hurricanes. Mm-hmm. And the majority of your uh, chemicals and, and uh and Earl Refineries is in that area. You know, hmm. we talk about the recovery of food, but we all, we all know just how bad we have, you know, what we have caused uh, the environment. What, what was the environmental impact on these uh, constant storms? The storms are getting uh, uh, worse. It's getting uh, uh, greater. We haven't, we, we say that just over Texas, we had a, a one in a thousand year storm than uh, the flood through Texas. But is that is, will that be the new norm? Will the new norm be that uh, now in Europe they're gonna have to have air conditioning like we're going through because the summers is getting hotter. Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, you know the reason why I joined the Green Party because of the fact that it was the first political party to stand up. For environmental justice, you know, I mean that we said that things that I could remember uh, Ralph Nader said that was going to happen if we refused to to address these issues. I'm seeing it happen now. I'm seeing it when they called us all uh, kooks and and uh, we was crazy in this country when we said that uh, that climate change was going to happen, the global warming was. Was gonna was gonna be our future if we refused to act. We laughed and parted off, but we was in uh and we still remain in that drunken state of prosperity. You know, not mm-hmm. can that we only five uh, percent of the population causing almost thirty five percent of the world uh, pollution. We don't care, but no longer can can, they, can we sit around. And and, and 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 stay in this drunken state. Now, we have to come out of it because if the rest of the world would act like the way we act here in America, we would need at least about five more planets. 
and we don't oh my have <laughs> five oh, more yes. plants. Oh yes, I mean you got to remember that five percent of the population is causing over thirty percent of the world pollution. Mm-hmm. You know, how many more planets would we need? Yeah. We sit up. We could talk about the pollution in India, but India has the largest population on this planet. Second to China. Same thing. These uh, countries, those two nations, have populations in the billion. You know, our population is still in the hundreds of thousands. I mean, hundreds of millions. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, it's you know we have to get involved. You know, uh, they talking about uh, setting up settlements on the moon and and, and going to Mars and and, and and doing the same thing on Mars, but we bring in the same baggage to our our plans. We we're not working together. China got their own uh, plan. You know, I mean, God knows what it's going to be our relationship with Russia. You dig? So, you know, I mean, we're in, in a dilemma that we're going to bring our same baggage to the moon, to Mars, and that baggage will include uh, polluting these areas because everywhere we have went, we have polluted. We have caused nothing but destruction. And, and it need not be. Because we have the ability, if we would come together, if we care as much for saving our environment as we uh, as, as we care about the NFL, mm-hmm. and by that I mean the National Football Association, if we care as much about saving uh, our environment as, as going to one of these sports games, we would change this. We would, uh, listen... Uh, in the aftermath of uh, of disasters here, uh, we lose power, and then uh, and, you know you have everybody out here buying gas generators. But where are you gonna get the gas? How far right. you gonna have to travel to get the gas? Mm-hmm. And then when you get the gas, where you going to store enough gas to cover you for a couple of days? Because it takes 10 gallons of gas to, uh, for the average generator, gas generator, to operate for 24 hours. So where you going to cover? Where you going to keep all this gas? Well, we have an abundance of sunlight. Mm-hmm. And we have, it's not like, uh, solar energy is don't exist, but the right, petroleum exactly. industry, but the petroleum industry has such a uh, yields such power here that we don't uh, you know, we are not calling for uh, building uh, up our solar uh, reserve. You know, I mean. One of the most, one of the greatest things that uh, a feeling that I had after after uh, after losing common ground mm-hmm. was the founding 
of Mutual Disaster Relief Organization mm-hmm. and the work they have done, how they went to uh, Puerto Rico and set up uh, solar microgrids, how they did the same thing after Ida up in uh, in Homer. And, uh, you know, and, and when you, when I talk about Homer, uh, I have to also mention about the Homer nation, the the Homer uh, Native Americans, you dig, mm-hmm. who are now uh, being forced out of one of their traditional uh, uh, housing because of the loss of uh, of their lands. They they went from for at one time having over twenty thousand acres of land out. Uh, by the by the Gulf, so now it's it's less than three hundred. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? So, oh yeah, and when you look at the Taylor Earl spill, I mean it's uh, one of the reason why we have changed the name to uh, from the Taylor to something else is because of the fact that uh, that family, the Taylor family is a big contributor to non-profit. So because of that, we have to allow them to be, that to be taken away. Uh, they have never, listen, we had some, we had 19,000 whites living in some of the most, so-called some of the most dangerous African-American communities in this city, and we never had no incident of them being robbed or, or raped or murdered. Mm-hmm. You know? So we had never called the barn to say, well, hey, how was y'all able to do this? What did y'all do? Right. How were you mm-hmm. able to form not one, but four uh, free health clinics? You know, how were you able to start this feral remediation program? What did you do? And they seen the program because see the programs that they won't see is that we had the first crime abatement program in the aftermath of Katrina in this city. You know, I mean, we took students from at that time of uh, O'Terry Walker, and uh, and we took uh, a fifth, uh, hundred kids and gave them fifty dollars a month as a stipend to teach them civic responsibility. You know, but, uh, but see, this is lost. And these are the things that we that we need to do. We need to be able to say that, hey, we could sit around and, 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 and do nothing and lose and, and leave, uh, and leave our, uh, for our children and our grandchildren this mess that we created to clean up. Mm-hmm. Or we can clean it up now. You know, I yeah, mean, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wanna I um, wanna ask you. I wanna ask you a couple of questions um, about some things that you mentioned. Um, I I remember um, when you. Um, uh, I'm not sure what year it was, but. Uh, you were looking at the disaster response and how people could prepare because hurricanes are what happen in the Gulf. I mean, that's 
that's what happens there every year. <laughs> you know, there's hurricane season. And 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 there was a there's a way that people could prepare so that um you know, that, you know, people are safe and, and they don't, you know, lose their lives. And so I think you were preparing um disaster packages and, and, and people in different areas of the Gulf could call you um you know your organization and you all would respond with you would go and you would teach them how to prepare in their area you know for the coming um hurricanes and storms and things like that and that might be what you were talking about with regards to you know the international connection and international travel but I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that because you know there there's like five states um you know um Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, Mississippi. Um, mm-hmm. Florida, and Texas. Right, right, and and that's also that's the Republic of New Africa too. <laughs> for those who know their history, um, mm. for those of the states that have the highest population of people of African descent enslaved, and and folks say, and I I totally believe it that the Earth, you know, um, by sending you know this 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 warm front from the west coast of Africa to the southern part of the United States at this particular time of year. And, you know, I mean, uh, you know, we call it Black August. We could also call it, um, you know, Black Resistance Month. Um, You know, this happens every single year. And, and, you know, um, so anyway, so you could talk a little bit about that because I thought that was really you know, um, you know, I, I really like the way in, in your organizing that you look at prevention <laughs> and education as opposed to, you know, just responding after catastrophe. Like, it doesn't have to happen like this, people, you know. Like, no. the levees didn't have to fail. I mean, if, if the municipality would have responded to the citations and made it strong, New Orleans wasn't flooded because it wasn't a, it wasn't Katrina it was the the, the levees breached. So anyway, well, you, you got to, you got to remember. That. You got to remember first Katrina did not hit New Orleans. Mhm. Yes. Katrina actually hit seventy miles east of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. It hit Pearlington, Mississippi. Uh huh. Yes, that's where my people are from. Yeah. No, so again. The destruction that uh, Katrina caused, and it was the most costless hurricane in the history of the United States. Mm-hmm. And that was from a hurricane that did not hit the city of New Orleans, even though most people think about it as being uh, it was hit New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you, of course, and I know it's impolite to. Uh, no, no, it's not. Answer a question, <laughs> it's answer a question with a question. Yeah. What would happen if there's a major earthquake in California? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many yeah. people do you know? How many people? How many organizations? How many faith based institutions? How many corporations do you know 
that is prepared for a major earthquake if it hit California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you, I don't, you, I don't, I don't. You know, I can't, I can't even name one. Um. Well, well uh, and, and and that possibility exists. Oh yeah. And 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 we and, and we can't rely upon the government or upon FEMA because mm-hmm. FEMA has problems helping thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about millions of people. This nation isn't prepared for something as catastrophic as, as an earthquake that 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 comes down that fault line from uh, Seattle all the way to uh, to San Diego, and then of course mm-hmm. of that we're talking about close to about what sixty million people. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Where is our community? Where is our organization that exists now, and I'm talking about those left-wing or, or liberal organizations, where, why aren't we getting prepared? You know, because the possibility exists. And that's the same thing that's happened here year after year. We know hurricane season is coming, uh-huh. and we fail to prepare. And when you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Mm-hmm. And we continue on on, on this myth that uh, saying that yeah, we gonna make it, you know, and and and, and we are not, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah we are. Uh, we're about to come into the and and we are entering into the peak of hurricane season. Yeah. And most people are is ill prepared. If you ask the average person, where are you going? They don't know. Do you have enough funds to to leave and to come back? Because see it's easy to leave. Mm-hmm. It don't take a rocket scientist the 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 flee from out of home's way. Mm-hmm. But what'll happen if you have to come back? If you have to come back to a New Orleans that has been devastated, then what you going to do? You know, are you prepared for the recovery? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, is the city prepared? No. So what are we going to do? We have to come together. Because I'm a firm believer, and I work under the premise that so goes the Gulf, so goes America. So goes America, so goes life as we know it on this planet. Mm. We're at the forefront of either saving this planet or destroying this planet. I pray, I hope that we'll be at the forefront of saving this planet. Mm-hmm. That we start working with this future generation. Yeah. And uh, we'll um, start working with them. 
Yeah, I wanted to ask you about um, you know some current things that you're up to. I know you have something this afternoon, and I think you have something tomorrow. I think you're going to be actually giving a talk. But you were um, you were honored by um, a large uh, environmental organization that's doing some great work there um, in New Orleans. Um, I don't remember the name of the organization. Can you remind us? Uh, well, uh, I'm not trying to put anything on it, but uh, I've been uh, I've been uh, honored by quite a few. But, oh yeah, uh, no, I know, but I because I I have you know the Living Legend Award from Southern University, um, and you also recognized in that same year, 2019, by New Orleans City Council for assisting, um, you know, people after Katrina, and they've got the number wrong. They say 500,000, but we know it was more than that. And then in 2006, I have you as being awarded the Community Builder Award by Global Exchange, an international human rights organization based in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then in 2008, I have you honored as the recipient of the Thomas Merton Award for your commitment to humanity. But I could, I don't see this other award, which is the – um, which I thought was you were honored last year or the year before, 20 or 2021. And um, I don't know if it's the Gulf Coast Relief or I don't remember the name of the organization, but I know it's a large environmental organization that's doing some really, really great work there, um, grassroots work. And I think you said that they are, you know, they're in the schools, you know, teaching the young people how to be better citizens of the planet. Um yeah, so that was that was. Oh, well, well, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm still doing that. This year, last year, <laughs> I, I worked with one high school, and uh, right now, I'm preparing to work with uh, five. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, teaching civic responsibility. Mm-hmm. To see, Wanda, we have been. We far beyond uh, saying that uh, that I don't even know how to explain it, but for Wanda, we had we we are so we are at risk. Now I don't know. I, I know you have some lovely daughters. I don't know if you're married and you have your grandparent. Uh, I'm a grandparent. Five grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Well, I know what you wish for them. Mm Mhm. And do you? And I, I know that you wish that they live long and and prosperous lives. But can we say that this is the future for them? At the rate we are going. I mean, how much carbon gonna be in the air by the time they get to our age? Mm. You no, know, I I, mm-hmm. I just uh, read that uh, that y'all governor has took the mm-hmm. his, uh, heroic step of saying that by uh, 2035 they want to stop ga- uh, uh, gas. I mean, gas uh, vehicles from uh, coming into California or being mm-hmm. sold in California. So by 2035, look how much destruction. Look how yeah. much uh, we are being put up in, in the air. We got to move on. Listen, 
We can't wait. We like it's like it's like we in a house that's on fire. We can't say well the fire haven't reached my room. Mm-hmm. So I could go on with life as normal. We can no longer say it. We have to understand the importance and and those who have the resources going to cover the majority of the blame because I'm going to tell you something. Keep on and we and we lose half of the world's population. Who going to bury them? I know you don't want that to be the legacy uh, for your grandkids to have to bury uh, uh, the, 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 the many of not only humans, but the animals that exist. Who want to say that uh, in, in, in the next 50 years that there's no longer any whales coming off the coast of California? Because the ocean has become so toxic and so plastic that now there's more plastic in the ocean than fish. That's not a legacy you want to live. I mean, you want to leave. And that's not the legacy that no no one that's listening that's in your audience want to leave. So we got to come together. We got to put all our differences aside and say that, hey, there's nothing more important than saving life as we know it on this planet. And you can say it for a selfish reason, that uh, yeah, I want to save life for my children. If that's what, where you feel, then, then, then it's not, that, let's just work together to save it. Let's, let's make sure that life can continue on this planet in a way that's that's, that's inducive to to, uh, to showing that life continues as we know it today. I don't want to sit down and, and, and my kids say uh, that they can no longer go outside because the air is so toxic that they can only stay outside for a certain amount of time. I don't want, I don't want them to say that, uh, that, that, that tell me about New Orleans because it no longer exists, or, or tell me about uh, California because it no longer exists. Don't, I, I don't want this. I don't want them to say, tell me by the fumes we send how y'all enjoy life like this, at the same time, you left us a legacy like the one you're leaving us, that we are leaving them. No, we have to come together. And if we as elders refuse to act, then I'll tell you, I, I, I pray that the children who we're going to leave this to say, oh, no, you ain't going to leave me this mess. You gonna you, we gonna work on this right now, on saving this environment. We are gonna get every school involved. We are gonna get by every school. I mean every school from elementary to college. We are gonna get everybody involved. We are gonna come up with plans on how can we save our community. How can we be prepared for any disaster. 
how can we make sure that we don't have to continue fight fires the way we are doing? We can't just leave that up to the, the few firefighters that we pay and a few heroic prisoners that we use to fight fires. It's going to have to be uh, come that, that, that we all come together, that we come together and say that, hey, we're going we're gonna to show the rest of the world uh, uh, the greatness of America. You know, and it's not because we are rich. Because that's the only make us a rich nation. And it's definitely not because of our military ability. That's the only make us a powerful nation. It would make us a great nation. Is in times when when times are tough. That's when we, uh, that American ingenuity come out. When we start coming together, when we start working to make sure that we have a future. But I mean, listen, the two world wars that was fought was fought on a premise that we did uh, as, as slaves, and that's uh, if we had any kind of land, we planted a garden. So during those times, they call them victory gardens. You just you have to come back to this. We have to come back to this because of the fact that uh, that no longer with, uh, with the climate, with the heat that we are under, no longer we're going to be able to produce enough food to feed not just like now we're feeding uh, basically uh, the world. But we might not have enough to feed America. And 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 right now, you know, I mean, listen, Wanda. Nowhere else in the world do you see how ungrateful we are here in America, because we use fresh, drinkable water that almost two thirds of the world is in dire need of to flush down our feces. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, no longer can we uh, we be able to do this. You know, I mean, we we have to understand that if everything fails, it's going to be doing part of America. Mm-hmm. Because we must lead uh, or be that vanguard. We must be able to show what we can do to save life as we know it. And we cannot go on by saying that uh, it's just this political party or that political party. We can no longer say that it's it's because of this race or that race. Or we we cannot say is because of sexuality. We cannot say that it's because of the fact that it's the poor and the rich. Because I don't care how much money you have or how much wealth you're able to obtain. If you cannot breathe this air or drink this water, it becomes mute. So again, I don't want my children to be the last children. Yeah, I teach them how to prepare. Some may say I'm a doomsday prepper. I don't care, but I believe in being prepared. I believe that we can make a difference. I believe that there's no reason why uh, 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 any disaster 
have to turn into a tragedy. Not in America. And so, yeah, I'm, 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 I will always be at the forefront. How long I'm gonna do this? I hope I'm, I'm doing this all, all the way until I can't do it no more. Because mm-hmm. right now I'm 74, and uh, mm-hmm. you know I can't read. You know what would I do? Just uh, get on SSI because I, uh, you know, I, I don't have no. Uh, you know, uh, no income. Uh, so what I'm gonna do is sit down and just uh, and do this, or am I gonna continue? You know, like you said about all the awards and things that that I've given, but I've never received none from the city under all. You could talk about that little proclamation they gave me. That just was a piece of paper. They never asked me to participate in anything. You know, the mayor never said, well, hey, uh, he was able to turn some of the most violent communities into some of the safest. Won't you help us uh, with this crime abatement? You was able to help individuals in the aftermath of these disasters because there has been no one in American history to help anyone in the aftermath of a disaster greater than we did at Common Ground. Mm-hmm. But nobody asking us to teach them the lessons that we have learned. So again, if if government isn't doing, then we have to do it. We have to work, do like what you have honored me to be able to do right now. Come on your show. You know what I mean? These are the things that we have to do. How can we work together? How can we make sure that if a if 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 there is, and God forbid, I'm not hoping that on 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 uh, on uh, California. But if there is an earthquake, how can we make sure that we are there to prepare, that we could be able to save people and make sure they have the basics to survive an earthquake, or will we just go break off into anarchy, you know, in order to survive? No, uh, uh-uh. yeah. or these individuals saying that. Uh, uh, I'm not worrying about nobody but my own. Mm-hmm. You know, I ain't yeah, worrying about you know, nobody else. But you know, Malik, so um, you know, for but we, you know, we could talk about you know all these fires that have been burning in California, um, you know, every year, and now it's a continuous fire. I mean, something is burning all year, and yeah. and that is, you know, like that's. That's the recent, you know, we, we do have earthquakes, but the fires, we have fires all the time here in California, throughout the state, Northern California and Southern California and Central California, because California is a really green state. And, and you know, just California is burning. And, I, and I'm sure, you know, if you were here, <laughs> um, you know, there you will be doing some organizing around that to, you know, have fire secession so that people and and the environment that we could live together in more in a, a more harmonious way so that we're not causing such devastation to you know, to these wild spaces, you know, these trees and these animals and, and other creatures that live in these environments. Because um, a lot of sometimes some of these fires are are set um, accidentally by people who are living 
in these parks and in these forests because they don't have anywhere to live, not to mention people who are building homes in places where people really don't need to be living. Listen, I'll tell you where I would be. Mm-hmm. I would definitely be in Northern California time and uh, in Richardson Grove working as as much as I can to save those ancient uh redwood yes. trees. Redwoods, yes. Mhm. You no. Know, I would definitely start uh well this weekend, uh my daughter and my grandchildren is going camping. Because mm-hmm. I want them to be in touch with nature. And that's what we have to do. Listen, nobody, it's, it's, you can't tell me that if everybody in California would be out there fighting fire, that could. Every man, every woman would be out there fighting fire, that we would have this. Not saying that everybody has to get out there and physically fighting, but everybody, every man, and woman who has been blessed to live in the richest nation, the richest state in America. Every person in California has been blessed that they are living in the richest state in America. You can't tell me that they don't have the uh, the resource. California has some of the best institutions in the world as relates to educational institutions. You know, we could come up, we could find solutions for it. But we got to uh, change our priorities. Right now, our priority is not upon how can we save life. You know, our uh, priority is upon uh, on how can we continue to destroy life as we know it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not sending uh, no uh, uh, ways of, uh, into the Ukraine on how to, to save this nation, but how to destroy another nation, you know? So we got we got to change this. And, and I'm going to tell you, like I said, if life is to continue on this planet, wander. It's because of a, it's going to be led by this those of us in this country that that have come out of that drunken that drunken state of prosperity and 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 now on the course of being the conscious of this nation because the uh, uh, just any corporation could have just about all the rights of any individual. But you can't give it a conscience. Every government, every city, every municipality that exists in this in this great nation that we live in, these uh, municipalities, they all exist, but they don't have a conscience. Mm-hmm. We have to be the conscious. That's what makes our democracy so great. Is because of the fact that those of conscious is willing to stand up, and I'm not negating I'm not negating the importance of any other cause. 
But I know if we was all in a house and that house was on fire, all those causes that we have, don't care, a thousand, we could have a thousand and one different causes that we, that we had been fighting for. They become mute because of that one thing that we would have to, to, uh, to work on, and that's how to mm-hmm. put out that fire. You know, we wouldn't even be worrying about who started. That's all we'll be worrying about is how can we stop it. And that's mm-hmm. the way we have to be about this environment. But let, let the rest of the world take notice of what we can do in this country when we come together. Let them see that, that, that with the great wealth that we have, that we're willing to share it with the rest of the world. Because we cannot say we, we could isolate ourselves in America. Because the air that we breathing right now, in, that you're breathing in California uh, before the end of this week, that is going to be over, uh, over us in, in Central America and then on the East Coast of America by the end of, of, next, of this week, and, and then uh, over to Europe. And then the air that's in China is going to be back over us. So we cannot say this. So we have to talk about global responsibility. It's no longer civic responsibility. We've got to move to global responsibility. Cause, and and, and with it, if COVID showed us anything, it shows us the importance of global responsibility if we have the vision to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, because everybody can have sight, but not everybody has vision. <laughs> and we have, yeah. And we can have, and we have to have the vision to see that, hey, we got to save this planet. We got to reduce our carbon intake. We got to reduce mm-hmm. the pollution that we are uh, causing this planet. If we would just cut our pollution down uh, 15%, what would the impact be? You know, I mean, uh, most of us live on the coast of, uh, of America. The majority of the American population live on different coastlines. But as the water is steady rising, the oceans and our gulf is steady rising, what would happen if we lose this, if we lose Miami, if we lose New Orleans, if we lose New York, if we lose Los Angeles or, or the Bay Area? What would happen to this nation? You know, so, you know, hey, it's time for us to put all our differences aside and say that, hey, saving this planet is paramount. Saving life as we know it is nothing greater than that. So our, our kids could look at us and say that when we, we was on the verge of losing life as we know it, well, a group of courageous people stood up and turned it around. And we are honoring them. Not by name, but by but because of their deeds. Because I don't want nobody to say that I did anything uh, that was uh, so spectacular. Because the things I'm telling you is is, is something that all of us know. 
You know, I mean, it, it don't take uh, much to to understand that on certain days when that small gets so uh, great in, in, in the Los Angeles area that uh, certain things that you cannot do, you know, that smog alerts uh, on a regular in China. Is that the way we're going to live? Or is we going to be able to say that we have broken that dependency uh, on fossil fuel? Not saying that, that we need to destroy the, that industry or that we can blame uh, Shell and, 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 and the other petroleum companies because of the plight that we are in. No, because we all are guilty. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. of the fact that we can't say that that they have caused something and that we didn't use. They created a product and we use that product. We use right. it and we use it on a daily basis. So it's not a, a blame game because the blame is on us all. Now, right. how can yeah. we come together to fix it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to make more um, sustainable and life-affirming choices. And I want to repeat some of the things you said because I know you have something to do um, shortly. And so you mentioned that, um, you know, when you, when well, you think you know about... Well, once you told me, yeah? once you get my mouth started now. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, but I'm remembering also, you know, that, that you know, you yeah, have something I, that you have, you're going to be doing something at 2 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. So you mentioned that... Um, um, that if you don't, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail, and so people need to be thinking about uh, around evacuation. Uh, if there's a storm coming, where are you going? Um, do you have enough funds to leave and to return, not just leave? And then you mentioned, are you, um, you know, to, are you prepared for recovery? And then you also mentioned, you know, that you believe in being prepared, and um, and you said our number one priority as a nation um, is, you know, to save life, not destroy life. And there's an urgency right now. And, the, and initially in the conversation you were talking about, you know, the war that's being fought right now is right near a nuclear. Uh, yeah, the largest, not not just a nuclear yeah. power plant, but the largest nuclear power plant in Europe. Right, exactly. And that means that if, if that nuclear power plant is hit, then that's going to affect everyone on the planet. Oh, yes. And and our children <laughs> to come. I mean, because, you know, those kind of things, they don't just affect the present generation. It affects those to come because it gets in our bodies. And it's also oh. in, and it's in, it gets in the soil, the air, the water, Cause you can't clean that stuff up. No. No. And that would be, I mean, you know, we might as well just like, okay, humanity, like, alrighty now, um, did we just sign our own, you know, death certificate as as a species? Well, that's that's what we're doing. I mean, uh, you know, some species. Is being uh, destroyed right now. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. haven't came up to the ladder to to mankind. But it, you know, if we keep on our path, we gonna be the. And 
and as a man of faith, mm-hmm. I know that the Most High blessed us with everything that we need to live a life, an enjoyable life on this planet. He gave us everything. And it would be just like how you would feel if you would leave your children or your grandchildren in your house and you come back and and it's destroyed. And they have literally destroyed. How would you feel? That's the same way I think right now that the most high is feeling when he looked down and seeing what we are doing to this planet. Mm. I mean, we got to change this. We got to show him that, that we are grateful for the blessings that he has bestowed upon us, those of faith, those who don't believe in, 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 in uh, or atheists, then they, and then they have to come together and say that, hey, that they have to believe that they have a responsibility as a human being to say this. Because the last thing, I, when my day comes, you dig, I, I, I want my family to know that I, I didn't do this just for myself. I did this work for, for uh, and not just for them. With the work I did and the sacrifice I've made, I have done this for mankind. And when I, when I say mankind, I didn't say just Africans or just blacks or just Americans. Or just a religion. I said that this is the work I've done for mankind, for the salvation of mankind, because I believe that's where our duty lies. Because if we are blessed, and and I don't care what you say, if you live in America, you are blessed. You could be living under a bridge. You're more blessed here in America than you are if you was in the same equal uh, economic condition and living in Haiti or living in the other uh, parts of the world. But we are blessed. We have to come together. We have to show the rest of the world what we are about. What is this nation is truly about? You know, then we can sit down and, and, and... and once we come together and realize uh, the greatness that we have, then we can sit around and say, well, yeah, you know, it's time for us to, to celebrate. And why are you celebrating? Not because we have won a game or we have won an election. But we are celebrating because we was on a verge of destroying life as we know it on this planet, and we have saved it. I wish I would still be alive to see that that day of celebration. But if it's not a day of celebration, I wish I am deceased because I don't want to see that we have funded life as we know it away. I don't want to uh, look at my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren now and say that uh, I'm sorry that I know you would never live as long as I've lived. 
And that's where it's going to be because right now, for one, at one time, the life expectancy was, was, was steadily increasing. But as we just destroy this environment, it's going to start decreasing. And I don't want to see it. But my kids cannot say that they are 50 years old or that they are uh, at 70 or 80 years old. I don't want them to, uh, my grandkids to say that, that they know they ain't going to live past 30 because of the fact of this environment. Not because of no economics, because there's not enough uh, clean, drinkable water. There's not enough uh, clean air to breathe. No, I don't want them to say this. You know, and, I, and with that, because I believe we're going to either be applauded for our efforts or cursed for our lack of effort by our, our children. And I don't believe there's, there's no greater sin that a man can have to be cursed by his, his, his children, you know, and his children's children that they curse us because of what we did, what we did to this planet. Because what we are destroying this planet is only to to keep our way of life uh, going, and and that way of life that we are on now is is not one that uh, that you can. Oh, Wanda, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm gonna tell you, it's really impacting, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry about. Uh, about it, because I, I get kind of emotional uh, about it, because it really, you know, uh, I'm compassionate about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, I mean, just, just your longevity and your uh, consistency and of of you know being like this is this is what you do this is what you believe this is where you put all of your energy i mean you got sick um you know not too long ago um i think did you have a stroke or something and yeah. and and as soon as you were able to like you know get out the bed here you are back again you know like oh. because cause it's so important i mean there there will be no life if we don't change our behavior and that's so important and i wanted to know um um, in our closing moments, do is there like, can you like let people know about organizations they can join that are doing the work, um, you know, things that people can do, tangible things that they can do, places that they can join up with other, you know, people like yourself that have this kind of vision and this kind of dedication and this kind of energy and passion. Well, I'm going to tell you the first thing I could tell everyone to do. Mm-hmm. If you're a believer in the God of Abraham, go to your faith-based institution. Mm-hmm. Get them involved in environmental justice. If you're a person that attends any institution of higher learning, whether it be a college, elementary school, or high school, Get them involved in it. If you're a part of uh, of any community, then start meeting with other individuals in your community. It could be starting off by saying we're going to do a community cleanup. We're going to do some thorough testing. 
we're going to try to make sure that that there's enough uh, food, not only to feed us in America, but to feed anyone on this planet that's in need of food, that there's enough drinkable water to make sure that that, that, that the water is clean, not just for us today, but for our future. It's, I mean, it's not that, because I'm going to tell you something. We will connect, you know, uh, we're going to gravitate to each other. Like like minds going to gravitate to each other. So, again, we have to develop that movement, that movement of bringing us together. And it isn't, and, 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 and uniting with others that believe in it is not always the key. We have to network. We have to be able to say that if you're in California and y'all get hit by an earthquake, that we in New Orleans will be right there. The way that, that it happened, that people came here after Katrina. You know, so we have to do this. We have to have have we have that ability to say that uh, no, I don't live in uh, California. I live in New Orleans, but uh, I know that these people is in need because of an earthquake. And I'm going there. I'm going to assist. I ain't going to sit around and continue to, uh, in my lap for luxury and, and leave it up to the government. No, because we know that uh, it will not happen. There's no way in the world that this government could, could deal with uh, any type of disaster where we're talking about tens of millions. Is it, uh is, is being impacted by. So we have to come together, especially those of us who say we're standing on the right side of justice. Mm-hmm. We have to come together because if we don't come together, then those who who uh, who don't stand on the right side of justice will prevail. So we need to be there. We need to show that in America, that there is uh, people that stand for, uh, truly stand for environmental peace and justice, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where, if I could leave anybody with anything, and I would like to leave them with get involved. You know, I mean, just get involved. Do something. Do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even if it's no more, then I'm going to monitor my carbon imprint that I'm placing mm-hmm. on this planet, you know, and make sure, because I'm going to tell you, if we do, we could change this. We don't have the technology to deal with uh, uh, with, with uh, the radiation caused by a, a spill or, or, or something that happened at that, uh, at that nuclear power plant right now. But we have the technology to create one. We just have to start doing it. You know, uh, UCLA have just said that that they uh, uh, they have set a goal for uh, uh, zero waste. And if that institution can set that kind of goal, you think then uh, then we can start moving towards, and we will not be as wasteful as we are. And we will look at at, at 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 the impact that we are putting on this planet. And we can find solutions to every everything that is causing us to be it, but we cannot find it if we are too busy fighting among each other. 
So, uh, in closing, I just want to tell everybody, let's put our petty differences aside. Let's find that common ground. Let's understand that, that life is too important, not just to us, but to our future, to squander it away. Let's make sure that we will all live in, in an environment that is conducive to life as we know it on this planet. And with that, Rhonda, I'm going to have to jump off. <laughs> all righty. Well, you take good care. Thank you so much for this all wonderful right. reflection. Oh, Wanda, and, um, Wanda, yes. for you, I will listen. That's all you have to do is, uh, is just act. Whatever you can act that I'm able to do it, you've got it. Because I believe that it's, it's, it's people like you. And, uh, well, let me, I cannot uh, close without saying to Willie Radcliffe, happy birthday. I'm glad to yeah. see that you're around at 90. Please, you and Mary, y'all have a blessed time. <laughs> all right. Yes. All right, Malik. You take good care. Thank you so much for um, for all the work you do. It's really important, and we okay. appreciate your example. All right. All right. Peace. All right. Peace and blessings. So I want to let folks know that the um, – the poem that I shared earlier on in the program, uh, Hurricane Katrina, If God is Willing and the Creek Don't Rise, and I think that's the name of a film, too. Um, it's uh, by uh, Sister um, Phyllis Montana LeBlanc. And, um, and uh, yeah, I wanted to definitely give her credit for that. And... Um, and I'm going to play a few songs as we um, we conclude um, this wonderful uh, conversation with Malik Rahim. I, I don't know if I even want to follow it up with anything else, but we're going to play um, uh, this uh, this piece by um, uh, Namasula Spirit, and we we'll probably have her on next week to to talk to her about the 17th anniversary and see what she's up to. She's always up to some really good things. So um so we're going to play um I think we're going to play humanity just because of what um uh Baba Malik um Rahim was talking about and then I'm going to play another piece by her and uh Rich just really really love her work. <laughs> Babalua ye kwa Babalua ye kwa Obalua ye kwa
you know, um, we need to move on. So um, so anyway, I'll, I'll look for that that information. And in the meantime, I wanted to let you know about Adrasa is hosting a film this evening. Um, Richard Raw Productions present Orisha Soul, and um, and that is a part of the uh, Adrasa film. Um, series. I believe they they have them films on Fridays, and so this is the one for this month. And um, and so if you're interested, you have to pre-register in advance. And let me see uh, if I can find that flyer. Uh, yeah, here it is. Um, oh, wait a second. Oh, the meeting has been canceled. Oh, darn. <laughs> I darn. Um oh, so the Richard Raw team had to cancel. So there's no screening. Oh darn. But there there will be a screening in September. So um if you want to get on the mailing list, um you can go to Adrasa um A D R S A um yeah dot O R G. Oh darn, glad I glad I was trying to announce this because <laughs> I was planning on going to this event. And um, and let's see, Brother um, Luther Kim, uh, let me see um, the details on that because I have a flyer up. Oh, here we go. Um, community learning is being hosted by, um, yeah, gosh, <laughs> I should probably play a song and come back. So let me play let me play this song and because um, I don't I don't have the information right in front of me and uh, this is um, Katrina uh, Bambula crazy um, uh, with uh, Baba Luther Gray. Help me. 
Ah, lovely uh, Katrina Bambula, crazy, uh, out of New Orleans, um, Baba Luther, um, some percussions, and uh, he sent it to us. He was uh, part of the Hurricane Katrina conversation last year. And so um, the People's Programs Community Learning uh, is hosting Black August, commemorating our martyrs and becoming our own liberators with, uh, again, uh, Jaleel Mutakim tonight, Friday, August 26, 2022, 6 p.m. at 95 Linden Street, Suite 1 in Oakland, California. 95 Linden Street, Suite 1 in Oakland, California. Again, that's tonight at 6 o'clock. Um, you don't want to miss this opportunity to see, you know, one of our vanguards of the revolution um, and um Brother Mutakim's book, uh, We Are Our Own Liberators, uh, is out in its 30th anniversary um, uh, reissue. So um, really great organizing tool. Um, you know, people can read it and form, you know, reading groups, discussion groups to talk about um, implementation. Got a lot of tools. We've got a lot of tools. We There's no reason for us <laughs> to feel or be oppressed because, you know, if you're feeling oppressed and you're feeling depressed um, about, you know, not knowing what to do or how to do it, um, there have been a lot. There are a lot of tools you can pick up. You don't have to invent new ones and and get moving, get active. And so um, last year I played uh, played a piece um, by Seth Forty Five, getting that guap. And I don't remember what that's about. <laughs> and so I was thinking about playing it, but I don't know, did I like it? Um, so I'm going to play it again because I know he was featured, um, I think he does something um, every year, like a parade, uh, a commemorate, a commemorative walk. But he's been doing something um, to honor, honor, you know, um, the ancestors, you know, not just the people ones. But the other ancestors, you know, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of devastation, you know, when, um, you know, when the levees broke um, in New Orleans. There's a lot of lot of devastation in the Gulf. Period. My people, who are in um, Perlington, Mississippi, and other places in Mississippi, as well as Louisiana, lost their homes. Every last person in Perlington lost their home. And uh, luckily, um, because of, you know, the you know the better infrastructure and um and the less stigma all of their homes were rebuilt you know it took a minute but um people volunteers came in and they rebuilt everybody's home and they rebuilt them better and higher elevation you know with with um uh you know with the uh the stilt so that when the water rose it wouldn't flood into the homes anymore so so that was a blessing so I'm going to play this song, and um, if I don't like it, I will stop it. But I, I think I liked it because I have it here <laughs> in my turn style. So let's see what Seth 45 is, you know, let's listen to him. The Louisiana Purchase. Everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. got over the shop. Yeah, see me, I'm 
about getting that guap, cause it's 745. Right. That's for fire records. We get it in, you heard me? Send us on the track. Hey, yo, I get it in, package it and get it out. Count it all, stack it up, getting guap is what I'm about. Hey, yo, I get it in, package it and get it out. Count it all, stack it up, getting guap is what I'm about. What you doing? I'm getting that guap. Hustling. I'm getting that guap. Ryan, I'm getting that guap. Getting it. What you doing? I'm getting that guap. Hustling. I'm getting that guap. Money ain't to me, I'm grinding for my people, yo. Never jeopardize a family, boy, I get that legal dough. Make that money transfer and I'll be right there. I get some checks and I ain't talking about nice airs. You keep crapping, talking about that kosher kosher money. I'm chasing that billion and a half mobile over money. A hundred cheese a month, a quarter mil a quarter. That's what I call a baller. That's what I call a baller. Desire to the father. Magnolia to the fisher, I'm representing New Orleans. I don't just hustle hard, my grizzly show I hustle harder. They try to drown my people, that put me in that water. Nothing but fire records all the way to the top. Open up the shop, me and Brooke got it. What you doing?
that was nice. All righty now. So there's a lot to do this weekend, and um, definitely, um, you know, take to heart what Baba Malik uh, Rahim said about organizing, um, you know, um, if you belong to a faith-based organization, if you belong or are part of um, an educational institution, um, or if you're a part of a community, which I believe we all are, you know, um, get together with your constituents and talk about how we can be better citizens and what we can do now. And like you said, it could be as simple as, um, you know, cleaning up the community, cleaning up the neighborhood, doing more recycling, trying to be less in our footprint, um, you know, to lobbying and, and you know, um, making sure that the dollars that are being raised in our name, you know, as taxpayers or as citizens are going toward saving the planet and the lives affected by, um, you know, uh, policies and decisions that are more about capital than about um, sustainability and life. So, yeah, you know, none of us are going to be here forever. And um, hopefully, you know, we are leaving this place better for those to come and for those who are younger, too young now, to have a say in our decision-making. We need to think beyond ourselves. So with that said, (laughs) uh, join us again for another edition of Wanda's (laughs) Wanda's Picks uh, next Wednesday. Um, I've been uh, having shows um, on on Wednesdays um, as opposed to Wednesdays and Fridays, but I definitely wanted to make sure I got uh, Malik Rahim before the 29th to uh, to talk about, you know, his his work and legacy and how we can, you know, learn from that and continue it um, with him and also after him. So um yeah, really, really appreciate his work and and his um uh, ability to continue um this work because a lot of times people give up or they retire and in this particular um focus on on our environment is so important because without without this planet, we have no life those of us that are called, you know, human beings, that is. All righty, you take good care. Again, thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Wanda's Picks. Peace and blessings. <laughs>